everybody. I hope everybody's doing well today. Thank you so, so much for tuning in here for another episode of Tuffy Talk. Uh, we're going to be going over today, kind of the, I guess, doing, first of all, kind of talking about uh, the NC State women's basketball team and how they did uh, in the NCAA tournament. But specifically, obviously, in Bridgeport, we're going to definitely talk about that UConn game, talk about kind of a review of the season overall, and uh, kind of talk about the team for next year. And then for part two, we're going to be doing kind of some end of season awards slash superlatives things like that so uh this should definitely be a fun episode but before we get rolling make sure if you haven't already make sure again hit that subscribe button so that way you don't miss out on any new content as well as so that way it really helps support us as well and we really appreciate that also do give this video a like please if you don't mind uh because for, so that way the youtube algorithm will put this video in front of more nc state fans and also do if you haven't already give us a follow toughy talk now on twitter and instagram but again so we're gonna be talking women's basketball and Obviously, it's a it's a mixed it's a it's a mixed taste in my mouth in terms of how the season ended. I mean, obviously, it's a bummer to lose an elite eight, but I know we basically put I put a tweet out there saying, I mean, we won our first regular season title in over thirty years. Um, we won our our three straight tournament AC champions. Uh, we made it to our first elite eight since nineteen ninety eight. And I mean, so again, it, it it's tough to be really that sorry. But also, too, I mean, we played a heck of a game against UConn. Again, we'll talk more about the UConn game. But I mean, really, I mean, it was honestly one of the best women's basketball games I've ever seen. I mean, just it was, it was really just two really good teams battling it out against each other. And uh, so, I mean, it really was a great game to watch. And I mean, definitely. And then they hats off to UConn. You know, I mean, they, I mean, obviously they they. Played really well, and I mean Paige Beckers again. We'll talk more about her, but she was dominant in the overtime. Just could not miss, and uh, but I mean we we battled. You know we never quit, and uh, you know it really does say a lot about this team and a lot about Coach Moore and and the t- the team and the program that these girls have built. So so Greg, uh, you know since you were there in Bridgeport first, uh, kind of give me your thoughts. You know your feelings in general about the you know about you know, how the season ended and kind of looking back at the season. And then we'll kind of talk more specific from there. Yeah. So, <clears throat> excuse me, I got a little bit of a cold here, so I apologize, but um, I thought it was a great, it was a great trip up there for, you know, the state fans that made it. Uh, we, we, you know, we showed out well, um, you know, it was a, it's a long trip from Raleigh. It's a, you know, it's a 10 and a half, 11 hour trip. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, in, with everything being it is gas prices and fuel fuel prices for planes, um, you know we had a, we had a nice showing up there. Uh, great great environment on Saturday when we played Notre Dame. Uh, we had the Indiana fans behind us, and you know an occasional UConn fan would pull for us in that game, and so that 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 was amazing with Reina and the Steel Herd around the world, um, and you know pulling that game out to to launch us into the Elite Eight and. And then uh, you know Monday night's game, um, you know the announcers, you know the you know, the pro announcers, I guess, with Rebecca Lobo in the house uh, for ESPN, you know, said it was going to be about an 84, 85% crowd for Connecticut. It was at least 95, I would say maybe even 96, 97. So just the, the fact that the, our ladies battled as well as they did, um, you know, unfortunately one team had to lose that game and we just came up a little short on the, uh, on the stick on that yeah. one. Michael, I have anything to add to that? Um. Just overall as a season, like you said, you started mentioning the accomplishments. It's hard to call it a disappointing season, but it's, mm-hmm. you know, anytime you don't make it to the national championship, when you, you, you know, you know, the team had the potential to be, it's, it's a little disappointing, but overall it was a very successful season. For sure. Yeah. And I mean, I, I you know, it's, it's obviously a sour taste in my mouth for sure. Just because, I mean, 
Like I think we talked about this uh, during the watch party, but also to you before that saying that, I mean, that the road that we would have to go through in order to win the national championship was by far the hardest of any team in NCAA tournament. And I'm talking more of beating Notre Dame, beating UConn, basically an away game, then facing Stanford, then facing South Carolina. And again, I'm saying all this more than likely that that's who we would have to face. And I mean, that's, that's brutal. That is brutal. So, I mean, it's a, you know, it, it's it's kind of one of those things. That, I mean, obviously, we would have loved to at least just made it to the Final Four, just to you know get our second Final Four ever. Um, but you know, it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like balancing things out, saying, "Hey, then day, we we definitely took a step forward this season." And I think that yeah. really, with any program, that's really what you want. At the end of the day, are we at a better place in this program today than we were a year ago today? And that's for any sport. And uh, and I think you could definitely say that with women's basketball yeah. that uh, that were there. Absolutely. So, mm-hmm. um, and yeah. I mean, because you know, one of the things that you know, when I was kind of looking back at the stats, one of the things that I thought was really uh, interesting was that every single player on our team this year had at least eighty-five minutes of playing time. Every single player, and and that and that person that played eighty-five minutes, the lowest was Sophie Hart, our third string center. So, you know, that tells me that, I mean, you got to feel confident heading into even next season saying that, you know, it's not like you've had players that, you know, probably can get playing time that pretty much just rode the bench all season. Like, no, I mean, every single player, I mean, saw time. And I think, you know, pretty much every single player saw action in like 20 games, you know, during the season, 20 of the 35 games. So, uh, I mean, it's – you know, you got to feel confident about that. You know, you got to feel happy about that. And also, too, I mean, and and uh, one of the things, that honestly, I, I really kind of think about when I think about next season was when we played Florida State in the first game of the ACC tournament and when they pulled the starters off and put Isaiah James, Madison Hayes, Sophie in, I mean, we were – we were still killing it, you know. I mean, we. I mean, it, yeah. we, I mean, we still looked really good. So it's kind of like, man, even our bench players were like were impressive. That that was kind of one of the things I always think about. <laughs> the way I look at it too is, you know, you mentioned Sophie Hart. You know, she's our third string center, and she's a five star recruit. Mm-hmm. Right. So, <laughs> you know, there's not a lot of teams out there that can have that luxury that your third string center is a five star recruit, and she's only going to get better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she's going to get you know more more coaching um conditioning to where she can play you know multiple you know minutes you know more than like probably five or six minutes a game that she was probably averaging and she's going to be she's going to be strong in the in the in the center and she's going to be a great backup uh to to camille um so i I look i look forward to that um you mentioned james she's she's a great shooter madison hayes can shoot the ball Mm -hmm. um we still have um Jakia Brown Turner coming back for another season, and you know she was clutch in that game. You know, sending it to double overtime, hitting that three pointer. Mm-hmm. So, so it's it's not going to be you know a rebuild. It's going to be a reload. Exactly. Uh, we're we're going to probably have to dip into the portal. We're going to you know especially at point guard because we're losing Reina and we have two transfers that are in the portal now for point guard. So that's going to be somewhere where we're, we're going to need to look at. But uh, I I'm I'm confident. I mean, Wes has gotten us to this point, and I think he's only going to get better as a coach mm-hmm. and and. Uh, you know, but the ACC is catching up though at the same point. True, true. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, obviously, uh, and because a, a lot of the coaches now are really young, like Coach Banghart, uh, Florida State's coach just retired. Uh, Notre Dame's coach uh, is very young. Duke's coach is pretty much brand yeah. new. So, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's it's uh, it's getting competitive, which I mean, you love. I mean, I think any NC State fan 
any any fan should want their conference to be competitive and uh you know because you know because one of the things i that i, I kind of wanted to, which will kind of segue us to kind of the yukon game is that i think it's great for women's basketball that the sport has become more competitive because i mean i think we all can agree that over the last 10 to 15 years i mean if you were asked to fill out a women's basketball ncaa tournament bracket everybody's going to put UConn as national champion and then you just yep. fill around it. You know, I mean, I mean, that yeah. was, it was just a given like, yeah, yeah. UConn's going to win it all. And yeah. uh, like, you know, this yeah. year, I mean, I mean, we were right there with them. I mean, Stanford, South Carolina's become a powerhouse. Um, you know, it, Louisville's up there. Baylor's been really good. So, I mean, it's a, uh, it's exciting, you know, and it's exciting for the sport really. So um, um, the other thing, the other thing you, 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 you know, kind of talking about that is they had so many double digit seeds win games this year in the tournament and that, that never used to happen. So, no. so that's a testament that the game is getting so much better. Like a lot you of said, it was pretty much chalk. Yeah, absolutely. So, you, mm-hmm. you know, you would figure everyone, you know, the top four seeds would advance to the, you know, sweet 16 and then you just keep whittling it down and the top, top seeds would always advance. And so now that that's not a foregone conclusion. Yeah. And, 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 you know, we'll go ahead and, and, and talk about this briefly here, but again, we're not going to spend too much time on it. Cause then day, you know, I don't think that there's any more proven that the NCAA has a vendetta against any other school than NC state. It's just, it's just proven. There's just, uh, you know, what's gone on with NC state over the last 12 months from the NCAA has just been insanity, but, uh, but w- I should have pulled up my uh, tinfoil hat over here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so with Baylor, so so for those who don't know, so again, so basically how it worked was we were the three number all numbers. Uh, we were the number three overall seed. Louisville's number four. Uh, Baylor's number five. UConn six. And uh, so obviously Baylor lost in the second round to South Dakota State uh, by fourteen points, sixty-one to forty-seven. Yeah, like, and UConn made it obviously to the final four. Uh, Louisville's made it to the final four as well. So, I mean, it, it's kind of one of those things in the back of my mind where it's just like, it's just so proven. It, it, it basically just proved itself that UConn should have been the number five team. Baylor should have been number six. We should have faced Baylor in, in the elite eight. There's just no doubt about it whatsoever. Cause I think we all even said that when the, in the, when the selection Sunday, you know, when selection committee came out and had UConn at six, with Baylor losing to Texas in in their yeah. conference championship game, if they would have flipped those two teams, that would have first of all nobody would have bat an eyelash at that because again Paige Becker yeah. was coming back and they lost only five UConn games won without the conference, and they won the conference exactly and yeah. and it, 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 again it, and also too because it would have helped all the issues meaning that you know UConn would have wouldn't have been playing in Bridgeport, uh, but also too. You know, you could say that UConn was having a little bit of an easier draw in terms of team wise. Now, obviously, you know, because at the end of the day, obviously, that I'm assuming that that's what the NCAA looks at. Now, again, I mean, with all this, I'm, I don't really even know anymore. But yeah, <laughs> that, that's just that's just kind of what really went through my yeah. head watching that UConn game. It's like, yeah, UConn is definitely not better than Baylor. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like come on. It, so it, it's like. <sighs> You know, it it didn't have like they didn't have to set themselves up for so much criticism. Like they could have easily flipped Baylor easily and, UConn, like said, and nobody would have even noticed. Why would thought twice about and, it? But yeah, but I also thought I read something, and I could be wrong here because you know you read so much and you don't know sometimes <laughs> yeah. what's true and what's not true. But from what I understand was, is it 
the committee wasn't going to dork around with the top eight teams in the AP poll. Like they were going to pretty much leave them as is. And so based on that, that's how they came up with the idea or, or the criteria or whatever you want to call it. That's how they ended up seeding the way they did. Yeah. Now, I, I get I may be wrong, but I did I thought I thought I read that somewhere. And that makes sense, but I mean, it, and it really comes down to that that just like Wes Moore said, there's gotta be some a common sense factor. Like yeah, just common sense. Absolutely. So again, it's like it's like yeah. well, we can avoid all of this and just put UConn, you know, with Louisville and put Baylor with us, and then there's zero issues. Then I mean there's no issues in terms of home court advantage. There's no from from either side. Yeah. And honestly, too, because I, I think that if I'm NC State I would rather, whether it's neutral or not, I'd rather face Baylor than a Paige Becker's reformed UConn. You know, so it's like it's a matter mm-hmm. of you know yeah. you you should give Louisville, who's the four seed, the tougher road than the three seed. Theoretically, you should. Yeah. So the 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 other part of that too is you know, and, and again, you can take whatever the committee said at their at their at their word, but you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. But part of it was they didn't want, you know, the student athletes to travel too much. Right. So, so in that case, and if you're sending Baylor all the way to Connecticut and you're sending Connecticut all the way, I think, what, what were they? Wichita. In, like, uh, Wichita. Yeah. Were they in the Wichita mm-hmm. bracket. I mean, okay, whatever. But here's the thing, like, and, and we talked about it at some point and I mentioned it. Seating should not be a lifetime achievement award. Right. Um, you know, if you've truly grown the game the way that you're saying that you've grown the game, then fans will go travel wherever. Mm-hmm. Um, and and again, it's the and, and and I had a conversation with someone yesterday, and it was actually kind of interesting. The way that ESPN is in bed with UConn is is insane because most people don't realize when when ESPN started programming back in the late '70s, they actually televised all of UConn's games. That was like their, that was their, what they were able to put on the air. Yep. Um, they did high school UConn games or high school games in Connecticut and then UConn, all their sports. So, so that there's almost like a handshake agreement there where they're always going to take care of one another right. because of the lean times in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Now you would think after 45, you know, 45 years of ESPN being on the air that they would be bigger than that and that that would evolve. But I'm I'm not so sure that it has. Well, in like one scenario that's always yeah. gone through my head, which I mean, obviously, you know, I would have rather this this situation happen rather than what's actually happened, which which is uh, with Gigi Bryant, uh, Kobe Bryant's daughter. How uh, you know when when Gigi passed away in the helicopter crash, it was very clear that Gigi and Kobe were diehard, huge UConn women's basketball fans, and obviously with Gigi and how mm-hmm. talented she was, and I mean obviously with the dedication she had to the game of basketball, there was no doubt that she was going to play Division One women's basketball, and yeah. she was going to go to UConn. And holy smokes, yeah. man, like the publicity that would have gotten would, would have been off the daggone charts. So, mm-hmm. um, but again, obviously then they, I would have rather that happen than the opposite, but I'm just pointing out that it's, it's like, you know, the, the, just like you said, the, the, the feed to UConn women's basketball has just been so obvious over the past couple of years. Before we continue, I want to take a quick second to tell you about our sponsor, Flatlands Jessup Insurance Group, that has your whole world covered, with agents in five offices throughout eastern North Carolina to help you decide how much coverage you need, offering policies for home and auto, recreational vehicles, commercial, crop, health, life, and employee benefits. 
They are able to combine options to find a comprehensive solution that works for you. Flatlands Dresser protects the things you love so you can spend less time wearing and more time enjoying them. Find them on Facebook and Instagram at Flatlands Jessup. You can also visit their webpage at www.flatlandsjessup.com. So please make sure to go and check them out. Yeah. So kind of jumping to the actual game now. So, you know, obviously taking a look back, um, you know, it, it really just is kind of, again, a huge testament, first of all, against the team that they were able to fight back to push through. Because really, because because I, I think from the watch party, one of the biggest things that I think that we kept saying, uh, Greg, on, on the watch party was that it didn't seem like necessarily they were at the team that in, at any point that somebody on the team was making necessarily bad decisions like a lot of bad decisions i mean yeah there were some bad mistakes here and there but overall generally i mean it was a solid game i mean yeah with some you know some travels you know turnovers things like that but you know like like with notre dame for example like we would do like these passes where you know basically we would throw the ball over two defenders to try and get the ball to canane it's like yeah, yeah. it's a terrible decision don't do that and uh i feel like that that really yeah. wasn't what i was screaming this game it was just more of just keep fighting, keep, you know, working our way through this. You know, UConn's going on a run. we got to, you know, bounce back. And so, I mean, that that's kind of really my first thought. I mean, so I wanted to kind of see what, if you agreed on it and kind of maybe add a little bit more on your side of it. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I only remember maybe one or two instances where we made some bad interior passes. I think one was Kunane trying to get it down. Um, you yep. know, and 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 Coach Moore always says, you're not a point guard. Like, so let, <laughs> yeah. let the other ones do that. Yeah. Um but uh, that and we had a couple of bad passes, but uh, for the most part, I, I agree. I don't think we we really turned the ball over. Um, some of our shot selections weren't great. Um, we didn't shoot the ball very well, but you know, give credit to where it's due. One, Connecticut played great defense, and two, the women just kept battling. Like you said, they they would get down, you know, four, six, eight points. I think I think the biggest deficit was 10 i think if i remember correctly mm-hmm. um but they would just fight you know and in that third quarter like with the quarter that's been our quarter all season uh we got it back down i think i think we were going into the fourth i think down one or two yep. um and then the fourth quarter was you know basically even and so you know after about midway of the third quarter that game was an even game and it mm-hmm. was just back and forth you know it was like two heavyweights just slugging it out and um, a couple of times, you know, especially in the overtimes, I, I thought to myself, it's like, whoever has the ball last is going to win this game. Pretty and, much. Um, it, it got away. It got away in the last two and a half minutes or so, maybe two minutes of the, of the second overtime. But other than that, it was just, it was just a complete slugfest. Yep. Um, and I thought our women did really well. Uh, they weren't faced by the crowd. Um, it, it was loud. Uh, I, I'll give UConn that, um, what what state fans we had we were loud just as much uh i don't know if you i don't know if it translated at all on the broadcast but um yeah. you know we, we made noise and so yeah. I, at the end of the day i can't be more proud uh, of, of this team of you know all the adversity that they went through having to go through the road that they had to absolutely yeah no i mean it, it's uh you know one of the things obviously you know really killed us was was uh, obviously uh yukon had 16 points off of turnovers um and also too i mean you know you gotta look at the, really the overtime because i think that the overtime because because i because one of the things too that happened was when jakia brown turner made that shot to send it to Dova overtime mm-hmm. i was like saying like that that might be the dagger that might have just sent us to the yeah, final yeah, four honestly I thought so too. like 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 that would have just yeah. in my opinion and for most teams just would have taken all the air out of the, out of the out of the balloon and like there i just couldn't see how yukon or any team for that matter would can battle back from that win i mean they had it 
I mean, they were up by three, yeah. you know, and so literally all they had to do was just avoid uh, 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 yeah. you know, any three and, and don't, and don't foul. And, and basically they, they got us to the point where we were in the far corner and, and, and Paige Beckers, you know, challenged it well. And yet still Jakia still found a way to put it in the bottom of the net. So it, it was, that that's the hardest three pointer to make. Oh, too. it was yeah. crazy. Like, that yeah. is like, like and it, it was coming right towards us. And I'm like, <laughs> oh that looks good that i mean i mean the i mean i mean like the ball rotation it was like watching that shot for tiger at the masters where the ball just yeah. slowly Going rolls back. into the yep. hole like that was literally watching that i was like and then we're just all going crazy like and into your point i thought that was be like okay second overtime they're demoralized we got this yep. and unfortunately it just didn't happen yeah no no and because one of the things too that because again when i was looking back and if i remember correctly Paige Beckers at one point in the overtime uh, made her first seven shots. And yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I think she only had like maybe six or eight points during the, during, uh, uh, you know, the first, during the four quarters. First time. She yeah. made like, you know, she, yeah, I think she was at nine. Uh, Cause like I always look at the score, but yeah. I think she had nine and I think she ended up having like 18 points in the two. Yeah. Correct. It's crazy. Yeah. So, yeah, and, which is insane. Yeah. So, because again, because especially crazy, because again, keep in mind that that Paige Becker has just played, you know, give or take, you know, 30, 35 minutes, something like that. And then, and then mm-hmm. even through all that, she was able to, you know, get herself together and still play as well as she did and actually play way better than she even did in the first 40 minutes in overtime. It just, that for that to me, I know we were talking beforehand. That to me is honestly what won UConn the game was the fact that Paige Beckers was just unstoppable, yeah. and also too obviously Aziz Fudd as well. Their their true freshman guard had a had a ridiculous yeah. game. Uh, she only scored nineteen points, yeah. but it feels like she scored forty. So, <laughs> well, the and the points she the points that she had were at crucial moments, right? Yeah. So right. it's not always about the points; it's about when you score the points, and so yeah. um, the points sometimes feel bigger than they really are. Yeah. Um, I, I thought Kunane did a great – I mean, we didn't get into foul trouble at all until about no. the first overtime. Uh, I think the only one that really uh, got into any kind of foul trouble was uh, was Kayla Jones. I think she got to like four. Yeah. But Kunane did a great job. Um, you know, for the most part, we we held their bigs in check. Um, mm-hmm. Again, I, I thought I thought they kind of <laughs> took liberties with Kunane at times and that they weren't always called. Yep. Um, and we kind of talked about it beforehand, like, like you can you can say whatever you want to say about the refs, you know. Um, at the end of the day, we had a chance to win, so you, you you can't blame it on the refs. But there were calls where you thought they should have gone were terrible, you know, your way. But we had we shot more free throws than they did, if I believe, if my memory is is correct. Um, it was significant in, um, in that regard. Yeah, we shot. I did see that. Yeah, we shot overall. Uh, so you can't really complain about the fouls. Well, we actually overall, shot nineteen. We did. And they shot twenty, so it was about the same. Okay, so they must have caught. It was they, in they, the last. They, they, yeah, they must have caught up in the overtime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, go ahead, Michael. In the yeah, last two overtimes, yeah, the, it was like ten. It was like ten to two or something. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, we we were we were doing a lot of fouling. Um, unfortunately, it was Paige Beckers that we I, and that was another thing I I don't understand. You know, and I'm I'm never going to question Coach Moore because he, he he knows a lot more than I ever will know. But on a couple of those inbound passes, and I, I don't remember UConn's names, but number 20, she shot like 0 for 6 or 7 from the free throw line. And I'm not sure why we didn't bump her with with, with the inbound yeah. passes and send her to the line instead of like a Paige Beckers. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm nitpicking and, and, you know, maybe maybe we tried. And that was the other thing, too. We were trying to foul and the refs weren't calling yeah, it. Right. Um, they, they, you know, they ran off some time 
and uh, I think uh, I think what was about twelve or fourteen seconds, we were trying to foul, and it got down, and then you know it got down to like six or seven seconds, and we were down by four yeah, or five at that point. So, but yeah. It was it was an interesting, you know. I don't know why they weren't calling. No. They they didn't have a problem at points to blow the whistle, but when we needed them to, they did. But okay. yeah, I mean, overall though, it, it it really felt like a very evenly matched game. Even when UConn went up oh, yeah. in the first half, seven or eight points, it was like okay, you know, we were making like we talked about a couple bad passes, a couple bad turnovers, and it was like okay, you clean that up and. And we'll be fine. Like our and and that's what happened. Got back into it. Um, and then mm-hmm. yeah, Paige Beckers. I, I mean, she's there's a, there's a reason she's you know the number one <laughs> basketball player in the country. Yeah, I don't. I think if she wasn't injured this year, she'd been right there yeah, for player of the for year. Sure. I think she was player of the year last mm-hmm. year, wasn't she? Yeah, if my memory. Yeah, she was. Right. She yep. was natural yeah. player of the year. Well, mm-hmm. she. Yeah, and I don't know if they showed some of that like when I would see her, like she'd like do those little curl jumpers, like she'd you know, right around the, the, mm-hmm. the key, right around the free throw line. She just, I mean, that yeah. was like her Automatic. sweet spot. Yeah. And yeah. She'd curl off a screen and just pop it. And she even did like the whole Jordan thing. Like, <laughs> you know, and then, but yeah. um, yeah, I, 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 I was kind of the one thing that I wish we had an answer for. Um, um, Like Kai did a great job in the, in the first three quarters, but for whatever reason, we just, we didn't have an answer for her and in those last two periods with the overtimes and um, you know, you, you give her, you give her space and time. She's going to make you pay. Well, and, and one so. last name I want to bring up, which was a disappointment, not necessarily like, like when I say disappointment, I'm not saying like I'm upset at her that, that she didn't have her best game, but it's more of like, she's a senior. I wish that, she, you know, her last game could have been, you know, a better performing one. And you, you got to talk about Reina Perez. Now I say that yeah. she had 10 assists, which is great. But she shot one for eight from the field, one for five from three, yeah. and uh, she had one steal, <laughs> three points. So, you know, obviously for Reyna and for what we usually expect from her, uh, you know, being a very a very consistent player, you know, you definitely look at that and you think, man, you know, if, if we could have gotten her to 50%, like give us an extra six points, you know, then, I, I mean, that could have been a huge difference maker. And uh um, but also too, I w- and we'll talk a little bit more in the next part. But Diamond Johnson was a huge, uh, I think, uh, momentum factor for what kept us or what got us and in, uh, in yeah. back into the game against UConn. So, um, but I like to call her the little engine that could. Yeah, I mean, she is a spark plug, and the game changes when she's on the on the on the uh, on the court. I almost said field, but on the court, yeah. um, the the tempo changes. Everything just the dynamics completely changes. I mean, they. Uh, I, that's the one thing I really liked the the Perez and Johnson connection. It was I mean, great. They really were the yin to the yang. Yes, mm-hmm. I mean they were very very complementary of one another. Yes. Um, yeah, I I agree with that one hundred percent. I think and the, the future is bright. I mean she's only going to get better. Yes. you know with more minutes and and so on and so forth. Yeah, but the last point I will make about uh, about Reina and. and for the most part, we didn't shoot the ball very well in either game up in Bridgeport from from three, no. um, with the exception of uh, Jakia. Um, Kai had a couple, but other than that, um, I was really surprised that Kunane didn't. I don't think she took one three pointer. Maybe she, she took didn't. one um, during yeah in either of the games, mm-hmm. and that was that was the one thing. Like she had space to take a couple, yes. and I think that would have maybe loosened up some of the defense in those games. Had she maybe hit one or two early in the game, and that was something that she did quite often during the season. And I think she shot like 40% yeah. from three point range this yep. season. So, yeah. um, and again, I don't know, you know, if that was, you know, intentional not to have her shoot, but 
that would have been something that would have been nice to maybe see. It, it it seemed like it for sure. It seemed like it, but you know, it, yes. it's you know, yeah, you know, it's who knows at this point. So, um, but but. Yeah. thank you all so much again for tuning in for part one here hope you all enjoyed this conversation so far again make sure to tune with us for part two where again we're going to be kind of handing out some end of season awards superlatives kind of things uh and uh kind of t- you know kind of looking at the season overall more but uh make sure again if you haven't already hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out whenever we release it release new nc state content and also too, whenever we have any live streams watch parties things like that give this video a like so that way the youtube will put this video in front of more nc state fans and also to uh, give us a follow toughy talk now on twitter or instagram but thank you all so much for joining us for part one and we'll see you for part two as always go back